Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, guys. Welcome to our show. Good people, welcome. By the way, I don't want to discriminate bad people. Welcome to our show as well. Anyone who want to learn more about open source communities where you can spend time, you know, to talk to each other. So let's do it because today we have this topic, how you can grow your community, how you can go ahead. And I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Mateo Kalina. How are you? Hi, Anatoly. Um, so, hey, hi. I'm hi everybody. I am uh, so happy to be here um, talking mm-hmm. a little bit about... Uh, open source and building open source, uh, create, growing open source communities. Uh, I'm talking about open source communities versus open source projects. So then we can maybe talk a little bit about that um, later on. I but see. yeah. Matteo, uh, before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, and tell me, uh, do you have your uncle or father, uh, Pierre Luce Kalina, you know, because uh, ah! he's famous. <laughs> but you okay. know, the first time I thought uh, it's your uh, relative, but you have uh, a lot of uh, hair. He doesn't have any hair. I have, look, the similarities um, ends with the surname. He has uh, the, uh, I have the same surname of a very, fa- a very famous referee, probably one of the most famous referees uh, in, in the world. He mm-hmm. is, uh, um, but I'm the, uh, it only ends with, uh, with the surname, okay? And mm-hmm. uh, by the way, um, we have. Um, and by the way, the uh, yeah, the, the referee is. Uh, uh, everybody asks this question to some extent. <laughs> so uh, and yes, it, it it doesn't have air. I have a lot of airs. I don't know. It's uh, that's it. It means hill. Like um, my surname means hill. And that's mm-hmm. that's it, really. So it's very uh, common surname to some extent. So it's uh, okay. Got it. Okay, let's talk about your experience, background, yeah. and why so, you decided to share with us about this topic. Yeah. Okay, so uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, my experiences. Um, I have been building open source for the last uh, ten years, maybe probably a little bit longer. I've been building open source in a meaningful way or in a way that people that matters to people for the last 10 years. Before that, I was still building code and releasing it to the public, but nobody was really using it. So <laughs> it was bad. Okay. Um, uh, so that's it, really. Uh, uh, what have I done in those years? I have done um, Node, uh, I've mostly done a lot of Node.js. Um, basically, I was able to jump into the Node.js bandwagon uh, when it was taking off or while it was taking off, something like that. And mm-hmm. because of that, it had, uh, it has a massive impact on my career and also on the, uh, my, uh, I well, let's call it, um, uh, the you know I, I was something I wanted to achieve was uh, to have an impact uh, with my software and mm-hmm. right now my soft software I wrote it's on uh, every developer uh, laptop essentially uh, every developer machine has some software that I wrote 
so mm -hmm. um, I'm nice. pretty much uh, um, I think I've accomplished that to some extent uh, but mm -hmm. uh, it's it's great okay I have something like I uh, as part of my open source work I am part of the Node.js technical steering committee it's a group of people that maintains Node.js uh, that's mm -hmm. it's the leadership of the Node.js project. Then I um, I created a web framework for Node.js called Fastify, um, so which has been growing and doing very well. It has a, um, a very active community too, so we can talk a little bit about that. While Node.js, I joined Fastify. I, I created that community, so uh, I am very happy to to talk a little bit about that experience. And then I am right now the um, I'm board member of the OpenJS Foundation too, so mm -hmm. which is the foundation then it's the umbrella foundation of Node.js, Webpack, ESLint, um, Electron, um, and a lot of just um, Node.Red. I don't know a lot of very popular projects are home. Fastify are, are owned. Oh. I forgot one of the most popular, the probably the most popular one, jQuery too. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's uh, uh, basically it's the umbrella of all the projects essentially. So. Nice, nice. Love your experience. <laughs> okay, let's talk about uh, your community. Can you tell how you grow community? What okay. Kind of so the first. The first problem is so you have so there is open source there is open source and there is an open open source project okay so what does it mean sorry about Bless that uh, what it's does good. it mean to uh, to release something as open source we typically means taking your software and slapping a license on it okay one of the approved uh, open source licenses, you just lap the license and your software is open source. Cool. Um, well, but that's an open source project. Okay. An open source community is something different. Um, let's, um, so the fundamental difference between, uh, like the project is essentially the code. Okay. You, you have the, you, you code, you download an open source project. You download something, but the community is are the people that maintain the code, and ultimately this is way more important for uh, to to grow and to it's way more important when you want to adopt a, a library, an open source library, a project, whatever, versus uh, uh, anything else. Okay, versus just the code itself. So uh, the community. Let's talk a little bit about the community and my experience with fastify so the when you're if you want to do to start an open source project you need to start thinking oh um what happens if the project gets very successful and it requires more of my more of the time that i have available to maintain it and this is the start with this problem and you might ask well but it's a problem that you uh, you will need to, to you you will address when it's time. N unfortunately, not. It's one of those problems mm -hmm. that you need to start at the at the very beginning and and think uh, it, because it takes a long time uh, to 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 have multiple people maintaining the same software unless it's a company product. Uh, but we'll talk mm -hmm. about company products in a, in a moment. 
But if you are building an open source project, you are uh, you want to ensure that there is a variety of people that have that can maintain the project even if you're not available, or even if you know there are ten bugs open per day and you can only catch up to one per day or something like that. So you you know it's it's a capacity problem. So mm -hmm. um, basically, what what happened um, for for Fastify? Was well, I started building it. It was a gargantuan effort. It's a gargantuan effort to build a, 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 a new framework. And uh, I started building it after I convinced somebody to build it with me, uh, mm -hmm. Thomas Delavedo. And we started together uh, building the thing, build, building Fastify. What was uh, uh, the community I really wanted to grow was a community of co ownership. So there is this framework, it's open source, it's everybody's framework, it's not my framework or your framework, it's the framework of all the people using it. Um, so if you are using it because you're using it and you're not paying for it, um, it's also yours. And it also means that you need to chip in and help with the maintenance. And it's actually very, uh, you know, you live in this house, the floor is dirty, you clean up the floor, okay? Yeah. You know, it's... It's at this level of um, simplicity. So, um, and this means then whenever there is a bug or a feature that was missing, I ended up asking, I kept asking the same question over and over again. Um, could you please send a pull request to fix this, please, please, please? And uh, people were, oh no, oh no, oh no. And after a bit of time, uh, uh, they, well, they started saying yes because they wanted the thing fixed. I was not, if I wrote that sentence, I will never ever fix those bugs. So they will, they were uh, like coming in and uh, if they wanted the bug fixed, they would uh, contribute back the fix. And then mm -hmm. after a bit of time, those people become regular contributors. And then, then I give them the commit bit, and then I add multiple maintainers. And this is uh, uh, automatically, I have created a big succession plan for, for myself and for the project. So, and this is something that a lot of projects uh, fail to, and a lot of uh, lead maintainers or creator fail to recognize. Uh, you, you want, you need more maintainers, not, that you need to create more, you need, in order to have more maintainers, you need to design your community from the start and empower them to take over responsibilities from you from the very, very beginning, which also means that you need to relinquish, relinquish some of the control that you have on the project and be proven wrong. So if you have certain ideas on how the project should go, but then the people that are helping you maintaining it don't really want to uh, go into that direction, then you need to, you know, step back and uh, um, do what they want, or anyway, mm -hmm. make sure that you uh, that their voice is uh, uh, is listened to, and uh, because it's it's their, it's their project as well, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, um, that's kind of the strategy. But uh, with, there's a lot of nuances in there, so yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got it. Valuable. Okay. I can hear you, uh, Anatoly. Hmm? I, at all. You can hear me? I, can't hear I don't you. know why. I can't hear you at all. I don't know why. Just a second. Uh, probably. Uh, oh, yeah, sorry. Might be me. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, you know, on your LinkedIn profile, 
I found that you consult the top brands in the world. Can you hear me? Uh, I, I can hear you well. I don't know why. It's definitely me. So I don't know. <clears throat> Guys, please uh, write. Uh, ah, now I can hear you. Here. Sorry. Can hear you. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. My bad. No worries about that. My bad. Okay. Okay, that's okay. Um, you know, uh, on your LinkedIn profile, I found that you consult yeah. the top brands in the world. Can you tell more about that? How uh, okay, so uh, this is actually, yeah. it's an old uh, bio that you got, okay? Uh, uh -huh. I uh, I didn't, didn't have a, I update this. Where is it written? Mm -hmm. It's uh, uh, on LinkedIn. On LinkedIn. Yeah. I need to ask you a link on which profile section is this because uh uh oh yeah about yeah yes oh this is old okay <laughs> uh it's i have not updated that in like a few years so i'm actually mm -hmm. going to update it now so that people will that are uh that find it are uh could uh, uh, find the right thing so mm -hmm. they um uh, so i ended up uh, I worked for eight years and a half uh, in for a company called uh, Nearform, which it's a professional services company based in Ireland, but working across the globe. I left uh, uh, in June after eight years and a half. I left in June, um, and uh, well, the Nearform now is more than three hundred people, so it's uh, pretty much a success. I joined when we were fourteen, so it's been quite a hell of a ride. Uh, for me, and I grow uh, grow a lot in there. Mm -hmm. um, what happened? Uh, um, what happened afterwards? Well, I left Nearform and I founded a startup. So it's uh, I have, I am the co-founder of a company called Platformatic. We mm -hmm. um, we help people building um, and. Uh, uh, building APIs and backend software in very little time uh, or without friction. So mm -hmm. we have very recently launched our uh, cloud product called Platformatic Cloud. So you mm -hmm. can check it out. It's currently private beta or something. They call it that way at least. Um, nice. Well, let's talk about API. For example, I have a client and he needs uh, to unite his online shop with yeah. uh, AliExpress. Uh, yeah. But uh, it's hard. I don't know why it's hard, uh, but uh, many, web hard. Developers, many web developers can't. I don't know why. <laughs> so they uh, they usually promise we can, but after some time they can't. So can you tell how to uh, fix such problems? You know, when you uh, take data, it's open data, AP data, but it's hard to implement on your website. What kind of mistakes can exist you know when you take data from aliexpress or many other websites Any the major problem with all these kind of things is how the integration is managed and the fact that the data gets out, can get out of sync very quickly so mm -hmm. you need to design a system where um the the two data the the two data the the two set of both data can be intermingled but also Kind of, there is one that wins to some extent, in the sense mm -hmm. of in case of conflict, like you can have or not. A, either you have something on your um, inventory or you don't. 
and one of the two components needs to be uh, the uh, responsible for uh, keeping that information. And a lot of the time, when you do this kind of integration, most developers don't actually think of any of this. They just start throwing code at the problem and not uh, thinking about it. It's not, it's not easy at all. So, mm -hmm. uh, and yeah. uh, um, what we plan to, like, this is totally some uh, problem in, in the, that we would really love to improve with, uh, with Platformatic in the future. So right now we don't have a specific solution for this kind of stuff, but there probably will some will to mm -hmm. probably be something in the future. Okay, let's talk about your unique selling proposition. Can you tell uh, what is the main difference between you and your competitors? Uh, what kind of advantages can you propose to your yeah. clients? Yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, Platformatic does. Performatic, first of all, is an open source project. Okay, going back mm -hmm. to growing open source, growing open source community, getting open source done. Uh, it's an open source project, so you can download it and run it on your machine, and it will work like that on the cloud, no problem. So mm -hmm. that's a starting point. Um, then the the other major the major major difference is all of Platformatic is written in in Node.js. So, and it's customizable using Node.js. So you can take your JavaScript skill, your JavaScript code, and just uh, use it within uh, Platformatic, and it will just work. So mm -hmm. um, there's no special adaptation or so on that needs to be done. It's not that you need to, in order to do this, you to do the integration, oh, I need to create a serverless function, and then I need to deploy this stuff. No, it's just a JavaScript file sitting on your folder, and you can just you know edit it on your on on your VS Code editor, and it would just work. So yeah, that's that's the they all the competitors can can do this right now. So uh, and uh, they are all very much uh, monolith. They are all they all require way more complex integration and way more complex uh, uh, setups to uh, write custom code for for your APIs. So what Platformatic does essentially, we have these. Uh, um, uh, there is this, so we have uh, this. One of the tools that we have is called Platformatic DB. It takes a SQL database and you can map it to uh, a REST or GraphQL uh, endpoint, uh, and then you can just use that for for building your for building your API. We also offer a, a lower level primitive called a Platformatic Service that just add a bunch of uh, needed stuff on top of platform on top of Node.js that you will need it anyway. But it add them for you, so it so that you don't need to figure those out, those things out. Some stuff from auto loading of code and development to a logging to um, what else to logging to uh, metrics. Uh, I'm a big fan of Prometheus, for example, to a lot of other things like that. Okay, a lot of uh, non-functional concerns. So uh, and that simplifies all the, the as I said creation of APIs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice, love it, love it. Okay, uh, let's get back uh, to open source. Uh, Yay! Can you tell how to invite participants, uh, people to take part in these communities? Because uh, many successful uh, developers, uh, people are busy you now, they have no time uh, to communicate. So your methods, how to invite them and uh, give any incentive uh, to talk, to discuss some problem that probably have. 
So the the way it works, the way I've done it is I have uh, you you create a project. So this was uh, initially ideated by Rod Vag uh, a long time ago, and basically it's a concept of an open open source project, and where the double open stands for open governance. So um, essentially, whenever you somebody start contributing enough to the project, you give them the commit bit. And then because they have the commit bit, they can just you know do, do what they want on the project, right? So and uh, uh, and it creates a much more welcoming community. Then uh, uh, the role of the creator or the maintainers becomes more of doing code reviews, doing releases, doing chores, more or less. Uh, but those guarantees the uh, health of the project long term. So it's it's, it's important work. It's important work. Okay, got it. And uh, how much time do you spend every day, you know, on your community? I mean, like, you know, because, for, uh, you know, uh, it's important for me to discuss some topics on communities, but... Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm busy, you know, <laughs> to find uh, time. Yeah. So yeah, tell about your scheduling time uh, to discuss uh, with someone else. It's, uh, I depends. Okay, Platformatic is open source. So a part of what we do is, is, is open source by nature. So I spend quite a bit of time doing um, those, uh, those things. Uh, doing coding for for platformatic, but this is also work, right? It's my company and so on. But mm-hmm. and then uh, uh, I I spend a few, uh, probably a third of my time uh, doing uh, developer relations activities, so talks, uh, podcasts, videos, these things that we are doing today, these these interviews, uh, those kind of stuff. Okay, every everything and. Uh, for all for all those things, yeah. But typically, I do one every week or something. So, on top of that, I also stream uh, on Twitch. So you you can find everything. Uh, you find everything essentially. Uh, you can find everything online and at my website nodeland.dev. And um, yeah, so basically, marketing, marketing, marketing. Uh, and developer relations and things like that. Plus, um, then there is, uh, uh, let's say, a business chores, um, running a, doing a startup, running a company as some business chores that you need to that I need to do more or less every day or every few days. I need to spend some time doing some business chores. Um, then there are as as lit as as much as no meetings as possible. So essentially bring the meetings down to nothing if possible. Uh, then uh, some coding, uh, typically or, or debugging most of the time or rubber ducking for with some other team member um, for some of our cloud code. And then I, I would say more or less I spend uh, I work more or less about 10 hours a day and uh, uh, spend at least uh, three to four doing some open source stuff one way or another. So it's, um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, the, that. okay. that's the gist. Uh, that's the gist of it. 
Can you list common mistakes that uh, people still do uh, by opening uh, communities and your methods, how to find a much better way? For example, probably you uh, had mistakes. I, I always do mistakes. You no, know? I think for me, it's, it's really hard to count how many times I made mistakes. But for me, it's like knowledge when you get new skills. Yeah. So list your mistakes and how you found a much better way. The uh, the first mistake is um, uh, holding uh, hold hold control and try to hold control of your projects. That's the, the first mistake. I've done that mistake in the past. And what you want really is onboarding new people as maintainers, essentially. Like you can do this alone. So just get others to help you with. Um, this is probably the first, uh, the first one. The second one that I've seen a lot of companies specifically do is open source some components and expect that automatically people will come and use your stuff because you open sourced it. Nobody gives a, sh gives a damn about you releasing some open source code. You need to actually do it in a, you need to actually go and around and promote it. So, uh, which goes down to conference talks, travel, podcasts, videos, uh, YouTube, uh, Twitch. Uh, you can you mention what you mention whatever essentially. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, let's talk about tips. Uh, can you tell uh, what uh, it's a must have today? share a list of tips that you can provide if you someone want to open uh, such communities? Um, you need to write a contributing.md file which explains the rule, the, how the, uh, the process would be for people to become collaborators and for people mm -hmm. to help you maintain this stuff. And be welcome to other people's opinion if you want others to be involved, you need to empower them. And then people won't be empowered if unless you give them power. Like that's the topic of empowering people. You need to give them the power to make those choices, to make those things. And they don't you people like typically maintainers say, Oh, I am the I created this. This is now my uh, code and my responsibility alone. I'm not going to share this burden with you. Then fast forwards, uh, I don't know, a few years, then it, they say, oh, I'm shutting down the project because I have no time. So, so much. I've seen this so many times. So many. It's just, and it's nonsense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but, uh, I have the final question. Uh, let's imagine you started from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills. What would yeah. you do today? Uh, what would you do today about uh, creating open source communities? Uh, so, oh, I would do what I'm doing right now. So uh, with Platformatic, we have opened a Discord channel, uh, the Discord server. So open a Discord server and uh, do uh, uh, welcome people in there. And uh, if somebody is having a problem using your software, go around and just, you know, help them and relentlessly help everybody that's using your software and is having trouble using it. After a bit of time, things will start getting better and better. 
until it's, you know, the word of mouth will eventually win. Nice, nice. Thank you. Thank you, Mateo. It's a big pleasure to get on my show, to learn from you. Tell our audience how they can reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you. You can get me at using on uh, um, on Twitter at Matteo Collina or on Mastodon uh, at mcollina at fostodon.org. But all those links, to be honest, are on my website called nodeland.dev. And you can, I'm passing it in the chat, Anatoly, so you can link it. Uh, and then you can, they can reach out whenever they want, essentially. And there are all mm -hmm. my contact details in there. So, and I have a newsletter, so subscribe to that newsletter too. Okay, guys, you can find all these links in the description below. Listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. A big pleasure. I love all your valuable insights, guys. You need to follow Mateo. You can see a lot of value. Open his website. Uh, listen to us on Apple and see you next time. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.